2017-18 Boston Celtics predictions for the coming NBA campaign. Now just hours away with Tuesday's opener in Cleveland. Today is Sunday, October 15th, 2017. This is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, and I am Larry H. Russell. It is time to go on record and put everything into digital stone on this podcast, not just myself, but today's featured guest, Kyle Draper, the host of Celtics Pre and Post Game Live on the official television home of the team, NBC Sports Boston. It's episode number 232 of the number one Celtics podcast on the web, presented by Bombfell, B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L dot com slash Celticspeak. So I loved the Kyrie Irving trade, but before the trade, I actually thought the Celtics would make the finals and, of course, lose in a sweep to Golden State. Now I actually have them probably winning 48 games, 50 games even. I think they're going to take a little step back this year, concretely, numbers-wise, but I, I believe they're much better situated in the future. Well, I don't think so. You know, I was talking to Scal about this uh, the other night, and, you know, he thinks they're a 50-win team, and... I just think, you know, they have too much talent, uh, and I know it's going to take some time. Uh, 53 wins last year. I got them at about 54, 55, so I don't think they'll take a step back, you know, in terms of uh, regular season wins. And like you said, they're definitely better prepared for the future. And I think, you know, even if they do take a slight step back, uh, you know, early on in the season, by the time we get to April and then when playoffs start, there'll be a better team, no doubt. And so they may take, you know, a slight step back regular season, but then make it more interesting in the postseason and, and challenge Cleveland a little better. Man, you think it's really going to turn around that quick throughout the course of the year? I mean, if you even remember the Heat in 2011, you just, you know, we're talking about Team X, the Celtics had too much talent. It took a while for that Heat team to get going, and granted, they did make the finals, but that Heat team had a boatload of talent, a prime LeBron, a prime Dwayne Wade. The Celtics team has a ton of talent, too, but, you know, Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving are not prime LeBron, prime Dwayne Wade. God forbid even prime Chris Bosh. So, I guess you're giving, yeah. Brad, you're giving Brad Stevens a lot of credit. Deservedly no, no so, but you are. No, no doubt about it. I, I mean, but, you know, and you're right. One thing about Brad is he usually takes, you know, a month or two, uh, you know, to, to get the rotation down. Sometimes uh, even a little longer than that. Even longer than that. Right, right, exactly. And so I uh, I just think, you know, with these players and this system, I, I think it'll be easier for them to adapt. Uh, I, I would say, you know, you don't have alpha dogs like, you know, LeBron and, and Dwayne Wade. And people forget that 2010-2011 Miami Heat team won 58 games, Larry. So let's not act like... They started very you know, slow, though. They, they did start, they, they did start out yeah, Their offense nine. struggled the entire year. But when they got rolling, they, they still won games and 58 wins. And so I'm not saying the Celtics are going to win 58, but this whole comparison, oh, it's you know going to take time. They're going to take a step back. Well, you know, Miami still won 58 games. So if the Celtics get... 54, 55, you know, uh, that, that's a huge success, I think. Here with Kyle Draper, host of Celtics pre- and post-game live. There is now going to be plenty of those coming up in the very near future on NBC Sports Boston. Congrats, Kyle. Before we jump into this prediction show, as we were getting there closer, giving clues to the audience, here's sort of a question. How did your predictions change, say, from mid-August? Maybe you didn't write anything in stone back then, but I'm sure you thought about it. I'm sure you thought about it on July 4th weekend after the Celtics signed Gordon Hayward and even after the Avery Bradley trade. How much did your predictions for this coming season around late July-ish change to when that Kyrie Irving trade was made on August 29th? 
Not a whole lot, Larry. I, I thought even, you know, it all really depended on Isaiah Thomas and his health. So I was assuming he was going to be healthy. Uh, then we get the news that he's out till, you know, at least January. So I, I was thinking he would be healthy for the Celtics. You know, they won 53 games last season. I was thinking right around that, 53, 54. Uh, now that they got Kyrie Irving, you know, I got him at 55 or so, 56. But, you know, I, I thought, you, you know. You've, you've added, uh, like, another win or two from, like, the last right. two minutes ago. So this is good. I guess well, the longer we have you here, it'll be up to about 68. I know, right? Yeah. We, and the more we keep talking, yeah, it'll be 66 in the NBA uh, championship, no doubt. But, no, I, I had him in the mid-50s, let's say. And uh, ultimately, though, they're still going to lose to Cleveland, in my opinion. Uh, I think they're better, you know, prepared to challenge them, uh, you know, with Isaiah Thomas and Gordon Hayward. Maybe they push it to six games. Uh, now it may be at seven uh, with Kyrie. I, I still think, you know, people, uh, you know, don't realize how good Cleveland is. Sure, they lost Kyrie. But even the other moves that they made, the Derrick Roses of the world, the Jeff Greens, the Jay Crowders, I think those, you know, their bench is so much deeper than it was a season ago talking about Cleveland. And, and they got younger also, believe it or not. I know it's hard to say when you got Derrick Rose, uh, you know, and D-Wade, but, you know, they, they got a little younger too with the bench, guys who can still produce uh, at a high level. And so I got the Celtics making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, but losing to the Cavs in six or seven games. Talked about Cleveland ad nauseum last week on a little Cavs primer with Dave McMenamin. So until you actually give me a year and date of when the Celtics are going to beat Cleveland slash beat LeBron, or LeBron is just going to leave the Eastern Conference, we don't even care about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Get them out, of, although I guess we should pretty soon right there. The Celtics are only playing them in T-minus 72 hours or so with a game that matters. Should be a little interesting. I know you have plenty of coverage of that. Let's go right down this list. Let's go right down the little rundown. Unless, like I said, you want to interrupt me and throw a year out out of the gates of when the Celtics will win at the NBA Finals. We, we, we do need to know that information if we're privy to it, Kyle. But <laughs> My I, crystal ball, right? Okay, let's go. Crystal ball. We'll have a little fun. This is always the most enjoyable show of the year. And me and you have made done prediction shows at the new year. We've had some fun ones. I know that you're going to probably shout me out on one uh, as I'm a little up against oh, the yeah. hourglass on a certain one, though. But I, I actually have a little comeback ready for you, by the way, because I know you're going to go there. Um, <laughs> but how about this? There's a lot of predictions to be made with the Celtics this year, pretty much up and down the roster, individually team-wise. Let's stay on the team. Starting five, right? We don't know what it's going to be. I think we know what it's going to be, but even through all these preseason games, I, 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 I don't think it's set in stone. So don't set it in stone. Write it in pencil. Pencil in the Celtics starting five for me on opening night. Well, on opening night, that's a good question because uh, Brad Stevens uh, said uh, before the Sixers game uh, that the starting lineup is flexible. You know, it's going to be depending on the matchup. Uh, if I had to pencil it in right now, I would say Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown at the two, Gordon Hayward at the three, Al Horford at the four, and Aaron Baines yeah, I, I will go with, depending on his injury situation too. Uh, Aaron Baines uh, at the five. That's what I would say the opening night starting lineup is. Yeah, I think that's not only the opening night starting lineup because, like you said, it's very flexible. You know, it kind of reminds me, Doc Rivers um, had the same mindset back in 2013 when the Celtics kind of came in with that what we thought was a deeper team. You were, you were, yeah, you were around then, um, but that was when they had a, you know Chris Wilcox coming back. They signed Darko, and even Doc Rivers had the infamous Darko Milicic starting lineup, which I believe never came to fruition, thank God. 
But it was supposed to be a starting five that was supposed to be fluid, and it never really was. It was pretty much the same in the months of uh, November and December. This year it's going to be October as well. But I believe that is going to be the opening night-ish or pre-New Year-ish starting five. It could change. I believe Al Horford is eventually going to be pushed permanently to the five. Right now I do know they're still trying to accommodate him personally a little bit in that they are giving him some time at the four still. He wants, you know, doesn't want to start out the game guarding fives. We'll talk about that a little later in the show, but I'm with you. Irving Brown, Hayward, Horford, Baines, uh, starting five certainly to start the year. How about a closing unit? Because this is exactly now where where we're going to go. I don't think you're going to be seeing Aaron, Aaron Baines on any closing units. So give me generally what you think a closing unit is going to be pre-New Year's Day. So 2000, let's go. Let's stick with 2017. 2017. Well, you know, you got to throw Marcus Smart. Uh, in that lineup, so I think they'll go small. Wow. You take out Bain. Yeah, yeah. You 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 throw in Marcus Smart. I think the issue is going to be Jalen Brown and how well he uh, you know assimilates and, and and takes on a bigger role in his second year. Uh, I know they're going to count on him for his defense, but do you uh, take out Jalen, throw in Marcus, take out Baines, and then throw in the other Marcus, Marcus Morris? And, I was and, and say go, that. right, yeah, because you can go real small and do. I, this is I assume where you were going. You go, you know, obviously Horford at the five, but Irving Smart, Hayward, Brown. That's a real small. That's essentially four guards or three other swingmen for that matter. But yeah, you can take out Brown and have Morris in there as well. If although I'm kind of bearish on Morris, we can get into that in a little bit. But I, that's exactly where you're going after I kindly interrupted you. Yeah, I'm used to you interrupting me though. So uh, you know, this plenty is, of others uh, offer. Course, right. No, but you're right. I, I do think they'll go, you know, super small uh, to end the game. And so I, I definitely know Baines uh, will not be out there. I know they're going to want to do uh, positionless defense and be able to switch and, and, and guard multiple positions. And so I, I expect, you know, either Marcus Morris or Jalen Brown to finish the games. We know Marcus Smart will be there. But I, I think when you look at those two guys, uh, Morris and Jalen Brown, those may be interchangeable. Those may be guys that, you know, one day maybe it's Jalen, depending on how he's playing. I just worry about him being a second-year player and, and, you know, will Brad show faith in him down the stretch like that? Or do you go with Marcus Morris, the guy that's tougher, uh, can defend multiple positions uh, inside and outside? And so I, I think either way, uh, you know, it's going to be one of those two guys closing the game. What is your take on Morris? I've certainly talked slash complained about him enough on this show. I mean, do you we look at him as very tough, yet he doesn't bring some of the skills that the Celtics do need, i.e. rebounding. He's a pretty right. poor rebounder. The Celtics have enough of that. So I'm actually, no, I know we have not seen much of him during the preseason. So in some case, my judgments are a little unfair. So that's never been done before by me, huh? Uh, but what, just give me sort of your take a little on Morris here, because I've certainly talked about him enough in the last year. No, a solid rotation guy. I, you know, I don't think, you know, you mentioned it. He's not the answer rebounding. Uh, never rebounded in his career isn't you know a double digit kind of rebound guy uh, but I think defensively you know he can guard the three four and depending on the team's five he can do that he can switch out on the two and so and he can stretch the floor a little bit too and so uh, you know he's a solid player is, is but is he the difference between you know beating Cleveland and not uh, if you're counting on him to be the difference uh, I think you're going to be sorely mistaken but he'll be a solid rotation player uh, some nights he'll start I think other nights he'll be you know the second man off the bench behind uh, Marcus Smart I think it's almost they're two completely different players but offensively I think it actually 
and they come to all play two position, different positions. But offensively, I think it is just like Jalen Brown, one of those guys, preferably both. Of course, yeah, preferably they're hitting 100% of their shots, but let's be a little realistic. Preferably both of them are hitting 40% of their three-pointers. It just sort of changes the whole complexion of the offense. Oh, no doubt about that. I mean, 40% is a magical number. And if you're Brad Stevens, that's sort of euphoria. If you can have, you know, a Marcus Morris stretching the floor, then you could play him, you know, even more so with Al Horford. And can you imagine that lineup there with uh, Marcus at the four and Al Horford at the five? You talk about spreading the floor. Uh, you know, that's a whole lot to ask, though, you know, 40% uh, from Marcus Morris. but And, and Jalen Brown, he's going to have to take a step. Uh, when it comes to his three-point shooting, you know, whether it's the corner three. I mean, his catch-and-shoot game has to improve. And uh, that's the thing about the Celtics this season, Larry. You know, you talk about Horford and Hayward and Kyrie. Ultimately, it's going to be guys like Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Rozier, and and Tatum that really determines, I think, how far uh, this team can go. Bombfell is an easier way for men to get better clothes. Bombfell never charges above retail price. They offer free shipping and returns, convenient home try-on, and the ability to preview and edit your stylist picks before your order ships. Yes, a personal stylist if you want. At Bombfell, you sign up, set up and schedule your order, get a preview email, and of course change what you want if there's something you don't like. Then Bombfell ships your order to you. And now here's where the fun begins. You have seven days, yes, a full week, to try on what you want before Bombfell charges your credit card. You then keep what you want to keep and ship back what you don't want. How convenient is that? There is so much that I love about Bombfell, the stylistic and fit material for me, and just how easy the service is that I have found to use. Cannot emphasize that enough. Free shipping and returns. And I've been saying enough. I love the mantra, Bombfell doesn't make money if you don't find something you want to keep. So we here at Celtics Beat negotiated with Bombfell to get a $25 offer for our listeners. For $25 off your first purchase, visit bombfell.com slash Celtics Beat. That's bombfell.com slash Celtics Beat. B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L dot com. And the Celtics Beat URL, Bombfell, open and close. Believe it or not, I actually do not have any bold predictions for this season because... What? I, well, I think it's something that I would bring up would be fairly boring, right? If it would have to be something... Last year, I said this team would have the number one defense in the NBA. That was a complete whiff. This year, I believe there's no shot at that. I believe... I would say it's even something along the lines of them having a top 10 defense because it's a brand new team. I don't see that happening. But then if I, you know, said made a prediction that, you know, but it came to the bench, it'd be... I think fairly uninteresting. Like if I said the bench unit is going to be a top ten scoring bench unit, so that isn't really bold. My way, I got my bold prediction like the last time you were here. New we did you know prediction for 2018 that or excuse me 2017 on new when we did a show on New Year's Day the last time you were on. Bold prediction: the Celtics were going to sign Gordon Hayward. I got that one. Uh, that Oh, though, Larry, everybody knew that was going to well, happen. Well, no, no. Oh, everybody knew that was going to happen. Then why the euphoria on July 4th? It wasn't like we threw that at the bottom of the transactions on the back of the newspaper. <laughs> Come on. But we knew we knew the, the Hayward and the Celtics had mutual interest. That's not a bold. Now, if you would have told me Kyrie Irving would be a member, now that's huge. That's bold, you know. I uh, think you can go out there bold prediction that you would make, maybe I'm wrong, but I think maybe there there is something that you got for me. But any bold prediction that you would make this year, I think would actually, that's somewhat realistic, like Gordon Hayward will sign with the Celtics, putting your name on that. That's somewhat realistic, I think, is probably like a, a another surprising Danny Ainge trade. Like, God forbid, even exploring a Marcus Smart move at the deadline if something really doesn't make sense or if, you know, he gets an insinuation that an extension uh, long-term isn't really going to work out. And that would be, like, bold. Another big Danny Ainge trade that 
you would have a rough idea of. But team-wise or individually-wise, there's some, okay, Kyrie Irving for MVP. That would be a bold prediction, in my opinion. Do you got anything for me, Kyle? Well, you know, the thing about bold predictions, Larry, is they have to have a shot at coming true. Like and Gordon Hayward signing with the Celtics. Exactly. Thank like you. Gordon Hayward signing with it. We knew there was a good shot of that. Let's keep it real. Uh, Kyrie Irving MVP, probably not going to happen. Uh, Celtics three All-Stars, that's going to happen. Uh, and so a bold prediction, I'll say Jalen Brown. I'll go with the young fella. Jalen Brown will average, uh, is 13 points a bold prediction? That's uh, bold, that's enough. Pretty, bold enough. Yeah, Italicize, italicize. How about that? Italicize prediction. Yeah, italicized exactly. and underlined in between our normal font and the bold and so uh, I'll say Jalen Brown averages 13 a game I think he's going to take a big step forward that's actually going to be pretty important for the team this year so that's exactly why we cheated and we sort of jumped right to the bold prediction so I would say Jalen Brown taking another step good enough good enough to qualify as a bold prediction let's stick sort of on the theme of this whole, you know, the the early phase of this Celtic season, because that's what I think is most intriguing. Well, that in the fact they do still have a ton of, you know, nice, you know, frontline talent for the first time in about, you know, since the, the Garnett and Pierce years. We do know it is going to take a little time. You're a little uh, more optimistic than I am. So how about a prediction on the Celtics record uh, on New Year's Day 2018? They play the Cavs on the third. That's their first game in 2018, the calendar year. That's going to put them a nice, even 40 games into the year. So just give me a nice little record through 40 games, divided by two, and what do you got for me, Kyle? Uh, 40 games, give me uh, 27 and Ooh. 13. I, I that's think. a bold prediction, I think. That, that's a, that's there a bold prediction. There you go. There's the, there's the bold. The other one was, <laughs> you know, like I said, italicized or something like that. That's a bold prediction, in my opinion. Because yeah, I'm I closer think- to 500. No, you know, no, not close to 500. I mean, you're talking 20 and 20. There's no way. If if they're 20 and 20, Larry, something went terribly wrong. Uh, You know, that to me would be a major disappointment. And I know, you know, it's a tough schedule to start seven of first 11 on the road and you got a whole new squad. But, uh, you know, I I think even if you're not at 100 percent of what you can be, uh, there are not a lot of nights where talent wise, you're better than the opposing team. And so I got 27 and 13. See, I'm closer to something like 22 and 18. I mean, oh, God forbid. That's, even... that's what? Middle of the pack Eastern Conference? At the time, no, yeah. No. I think, listen, I, we'll, we'll get into it. I personally think they're going to finish probably around three or four in the Eastern Conference at the end of the I'm only at 48 wins, 48 to 50 around there. But listen, there are going to be a lot of nights where pretty much the. They're, they're in the Eastern Conference. There's going to be a lot of games where, honestly, let's be honest, I, I do want to drive people to watch Celtics games on NBC Sports Boston. <laughs> but there are going to be a lot of games where if the team just dresses, they should be able to win the game. We know how that's, you know, we've talked about it a lot on recent episodes here about how putrid the bottom of the Eastern Conference is and how it seems to be even larger this year. But, you know, I think the Celtics are, they're, you know, they're not just going to struggle early on, comma, early on, not just with, chemistry and familiarity but as you've talked about there's I think there's going to be not just you know tinkering of the lineup as Brad Stevens always does there's going to be extensive experimentation and that's why we've had the discussions that we've had we don't know the starting five at all I mean I don't say at all we we have a good idea what it's going to be but we still don't know what it is it isn't you know like it we're used to you know having as Celtics fans of DJ Ainge you know Bird Parish McHale or Rondo, Ray Allen, Pierce, Garnett, Perkins. It's not something that's completely set in stone like that. We don't even know the closing unit. We really don't even know a, a, a five. There's going to be extensive experimentation by Stevens. 
And it's going to be done, Kyle, with what I actually think is a fairly weak bench. They're going to be able to out-talent a good chunk of teams. That's going to basically make them automatically 500. But I do go back to the 2011 Heat. Hey, we're through 40 games, through 10 games that year they were okay excuse me through 17 games they were nine and eight they eventually got things rolling but <laughs> I, I disagree Larry I mean you know and you're talking about them finishing third or fourth in the Eastern Conference you know but yet you know if you look at the numbers you know a, a lot of places in Vegas have the Celtics winning the East and it all depends on LeBron James of course talking about regular season and so if they're at 48 wins and the Wizards finish ahead of them... Uh, I got them the Cavs, first in the conference, man, the Wizards. See, you're, you're, I mean, you might as well move down to D.C. then, man, because uh, you're, you're drinking their Kool-Aid. I think the Wizards are going to be a good team. They didn't make any major additions. They brought everybody back. That may and, be a good I, thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I know the Wizards brought everybody back. They're going to be a good team, no doubt about that. But if you're the Celtics, and I do agree, they, they do have some issues with the bench... Uh, very young off the bench. You're going to expect Tatum to play meaningful minutes uh, at some point this season, and I understand that. But I, I just think, you know, Brad's system, and you'll keep bringing up the 2010-2011 Heat, as bad as they started, they still won 58 games. And so, uh, talent-wise... LeBron and Peak Wade. But, but, but hold on, yeah. you can't have it both ways, Larry. You can't say, uh, you know, the Heat struggled, so the Celtics are going to struggle. Well, the Heat rebounded and won 58 games. So now you're saying, well, the Celtics can't do that? I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I think the Celtics, like I said, 55 wins right around there. And, uh, you know, Brad Stevens' teams, as you know, routinely after the all-star break especially get they better go and make the runs and they get better and so i fully expect this team you know by you know late december mid-december to be uh playing well and, and the key is going to be can some of those young guys step up but uh i, I think the celtics you know I, I know there are some in the organization who probably believe that you know they may take a step back but i think ultimately at the end of the season they'll be better prepared for the postseason what is your biggest concern? I guess the most, it's probably easy to say rebounding. That's just, I think, a given now. That's pretty much up there with death and taxes. But defensively, do you share the same concerns that I do? Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, you lose Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder, uh, your, your best two on-ball defenders, along with Marcus Smart. But you lose those two guys, and now you're placing a whole lot on Jalen Brown's shoulders to be a defensive uh, kind of guy. And so... You know, I know Brad says the sky is the limit for Jalen Brown when it comes to defense, but I haven't seen it yet. You know, it's still early. Does he have the tools? He has the body. We know that. But uh, does he have the fundamentals defensively? And so I think that'll be an issue. And also, we saw in that Philly game, and I know they beat Philly uh, handily, and it was just the preseason, but you saw when Baines went out, they don't have much beef after that. You know, uh, I think interior just toughness, you know, interior, you know, girth, they don't have much up. And so that's why, you know, going out and signing a guy like Andrew Bogut would have been awesome and, and made a whole lot of sense. But I, I don't think they have a whole lot of depth in that front court. I mean, are you really going to ask Daniel Tice to be a regular member uh, of your rotation? Uh, so you're looking at Marcus Morris. Al Horford and Aaron Baines. What happens if one of those guys goes down? And so I'm, I'm concerned about the depth in the front court. 
I actually also think it has, goes once again back to the familiarity thing. There's just as intuition, second nature type things of the you know these players still really don't know each other yet, and that really does tie back on defense when you can just have a second nature rise in the back of your head when you know your teammate is going to be here or teammate is going to be there. That is something that will take time. That's why I think that I, I think that Jalen Brown, perimeter wise, I think he will. He played well defensively last year when Avery Bradley was out in that stretch in January. That I actually am not too worried about. I worry more about two things. One, they really didn't replace Jay Crowder's style of defense, you know, strength-wise in the front court. And just basically, like I said, just that, back to the familiarity. Do want to do a little transition before we get you out of here, Kyle. Any, we've pretty much gone right through, you know, the whole thing, team, record, you know, New Year's, you know, defense, everything. Um, I was going to ask you over-under on wins because Vegas actually, I, you know, I, they have it pretty high. You mentioned Vegas. I saw the over-under at 55. Oh, geez, God forbid, Kyle. You stole it. You have the sellers at 55. And as I said, that was 54 about it when we first started chatting. So if we keep you here long enough, you'll, we'll get you up to maybe even possibly the Celtics challenging the Warriors and the Bulls, and they'll maybe get 70 by the time we get you out of here. But any individual accolades for the Celtics? You mentioned that they'll have three All-Stars. I think we know who those are going to be. Uh, but anything like maybe an all you know an all NBA team appearance? Yeah, that's that's a tough question because the NBA you know is most so improved good. player got you know, J- Jalen uh, Jason Tatum rookie of the year or something like that. Any individual uh, stuff? How about Marcus Smart uh, third team no second team defense all defense or something like that? Uh, I think the league uh, you know with Avery Bradley gone, Jay Crowder gone, people will see Marcus Smart a whole lot more. I expect Smart to play. 30 to 32 minutes a game and so I, I think we'll see a lot of him and uh I think uh you know the league will take notice of his defense uh you know he's going to be in the six-man conversation I don't think wow. he'll score enough to actually you know get that but he's going to be a strong six-man uh candidate I'm expecting it's a contract year for him Larry and so I expect him to uh ball out in terms of all NBA I think it's there for Kyrie Irving you know uh no Isaiah Thomas uh, this year. I think John Wall, when you look at the guards, John Wall, Steph Curry, uh, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, there's a Chris Paul. And so it's going to be tough for him. DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan. But if the Celtics, uh, you know, get that number one seed in the Eastern Conference and Kyrie, uh, you know, averages 25 and maybe seven and a half, eight this season. Uh, I think it's going to be hard to keep them off that. And so outside of that, I, I don't see it. You know, I do think they'll have three all-stars uh, this year because I think they will be, a, a, a good team. And I think, you know, a lot of talent went from the east to the west. And so I, I think the Celtics will have three all-stars. Clay Thompson, Damian Lillard, those are also other guards as well. It's going to be tough, I think, for Gordon Hayward to get an all-NBA team. Would be nice, especially he was kept off last year. That helped him become a Celtic, for that matter. That was almost the difference of him probably staying in Utah was him missing the middle NBA team. But I'll I'll say he squeaks on there. I'll say he goes third team All NBA. I think obviously Harden, Wall, Curry, Westbrook. No chance he's going to be able to get ahead of them. But I think he'll beat out guys like DeRozan, especially I think the Raptors take a step back. Uh, Lillard, the West is just so deep, so Portland really won't be in the conversation. Clay Thompson, I don't know. You can only just kiss the Warriors behind so much, even though he is a great player. But I'll, I'll say he squeaks on there. You know, don't kill me for that one, though, if he doesn't. Let's go on record, okay? Like I said, this is the final question. Uh, every time, I've, you know, we've, you've been talking about how many games the Celtics are going to win, there seems to be another win added, you know, every time you mention. So we're probably up to about 61 by now. Let's go on record. I'm at 48 wins, and the Celtics being the three seed in the Eastern Conference – 
in losing to the Cavs in six. I think Washington is one. I think the Celtics are going to be battling out with a Bucks early on for that three seed, even though that may not be you know a battle that you want if you're probably going to play Cleveland in the second round. But there it is, 48 wins for the Celtics, and they lose to the Cavs in six. What do you got for me? This is in stone. 55 wins, and I know you keep saying I increased my win total. It's I did 55. that one time. I did okay. that it's one 55. time. It was like our first two minutes of our conversation. So I'm going 55, and I think uh, they will finish second in the East. I think LeBron James is on a mission. I don't think he'll rest as much uh, this year. And so I think Cleveland will get the number one seed, and uh, the Celtics will be the number two seed in the East. Before I thank Kyle for joining us, real quick, ticket giveaways, Wednesday, November 1st against the Sacramento Kings. Win a pair of seats to that contest by subscribing, rating, and reviewing Celtics Beat on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and write a review for Celtics Beat on iTunes for free entry into a drawing for a pair of tickets to see the Celts take on the Sacramento Kings on November 1st. Want to thank everyone ahead of time who enters, everyone who already did so. And of course, now we can thank Kyle Draper of NBC Sports Boston. Important gratuities first, Kyle. Follow Kyle on Twitter, though, at Kyle Draper TV. That is at Kyle Draper TV. It's the least we could do for him for offering up his time to us here on episode number 232 of Celtics Beat, which was, past tense now, was presented by Bombfell. Go to bombfell.com slash Celtics Beat for $25 off your first order for custom-made clothes. That's B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L.com slash Celtics Beat. Music was provided by Chuck Dietz and Steph Legrato. For graphic designer Scott Dillon, CLNS CEO Nick Gelso, this is Larry A. Trussell, the executive producer and host, signing off for Celtics Beat, the number one Celtics podcast on the web, powered by CLNS Media.